0: Ramadan.
1: Ramadan. Ramadan Ramadan. Nights on al Bayan Radio. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. As-salatu wa ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa s-salam. as alaykum dear brothers and sisters. Welcome to Ramadan Nights on this 19th night of Ramadan. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman, and I'm very pleased to have with me tonight in the studio live Sheikh Naseem Abedi, who just asked me about my new thawb. Assalamu, alaykum, As-salamu alaykum, It's not new, it's just not, not, not regularly worn. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 we ask Allah to bless, uh, bless our clothing, bless our wealth, and bless our time. <laughs> it's good
0: to have you with us. We'll
1: leave the translation for another time. Badaqallah fiqh shahnasih from being with us. Uh, we are continuing tonight with uh, what was it again? Building Intestinal Fortitude. Intestinal Fortitude Part 2. But before we get there, we'd like to welcome all our viewers who are watching uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Please, uh-huh. if you have any co- contributions, uh, let us uh, let us hear from you on, on the live stream there. And also, work, we'd like to welcome all our listeners uh, listening on the Wi Fi radios and the Alban Radio app. Uh, and we'd like to remind you that from this Friday, April 22nd, 2022 in Sydney, uh, al Bayan Radio will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney for around two weeks. So please spread the word from this Friday. al Radio in Sydney will be on 107.9 FM. Uh, so please tune in and spread the word. Sheikh Nassim, how's your Ramadan been going since the last time we saw you? Uh, mixed emotions. In terms
0: of my own goals, not there yet. Uh, I'm hoping Atikaf, inshaAllah, yes. gives me an opportunity for that, Bismillah. Um Went to Melbourne, alhamdulillah, which is not my norm, yes, obviously, to that? travel. Uh, Melbourne's always a special place. <laughs> special. <laughs> so I think we'll stop there, Inshallah. But in general, alhamdulillah, we hope that we will of some benefit, uh, Bismillah, Allah, azza but yeah, Melbourne is always a, a special place. Um, but in terms of the feeling of Ramadan, in terms of the masajid, that we haven't had for the past two years, alhamdulillah, and that's continued. So from that perspective, it's been excellent. And inshallah, I hope that Allah assists me in the next Mm -hmm. half of Ramadan uh, by achieving those goals and more inshallah.
1: It is the 19th night for those uh, who would like to know the day. And and this Thursday, the 20th day, just before Maghrib, there, those who plan to do itikaf enter there for the 21st night and uh, stay in the masjid. Uh, seeking uh, closeness to Allah and seeking, obviously, the night of decree. What, what advice do you have for those who intend to do it, Sheikh Naseem?
0: firstly, for those who aren't intending on doing it, ask yourself why. Okay, don't leave something excellent like atikaf except for something better than atikaf, or because you can't do atikaf. Only those two reasons. If you don't have something better to do or you can't do it, then try your best to do atikaf. For those that are intending on doing atikaf, inshallah, or thinking about doing atikaf. Make sure you understand what a'atikaf is. And I know it's not the program about a'atikaf. Maybe we could have done that, inshallah. Maybe we put that on the agenda for next year, inshallah. But just make sure you don't end up doing less ibadah than you would have outside of a'atikaf. And that's like from the oxymorons that certain people have, unfortunately, that they go to a'atikaf for ibadah and they actually end up doing less ibadah in a'atikaf. So don't do that. Don't be that person.
1: Now, Sheikh Naseem, before we move on, how's your taraweeh been going? Jama'a prayer, how's everything been going?
0: Alhamdulillah, I've uh, been blessed to have prayed in different masajid uh, with the talks, etc. mainly in Wollongong, but uh, also in Cambertown, Liverpool, Regents Park, Belmore, uh, Reesby, Alhamdulillah, Melbourne. and from around. the Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Uh, from the perspective of seeing people, Seeing the masjid filled, um, obviously the recitations and and that feeling, as we mentioned before, mean excellent. But but, as always, there are lessons to be learned and benefits to, of uh, had inshallah. From amongst them is certain mistakes that we see committed in almost every masjid, and that's uh, that's the down that the downfall. You know, you you see in the masjid, mashallah, they're full, and that's excellent. But because, therefore, you also see a lot of mistakes, unfortunately. And hopefully, some of those mistakes uh, can be rectified. And if you don't mind, maybe we'll mention some of them now, inshallah. We've got
1: plenty of time, inshallah. Faddal, so? yes. Uh, What's some of the most common mistakes you've been seeing in the masjid? Can I guess? Tafaddal. Can I guess one? Tafaddal. Incomplete lines, starting a line before completing the line before it? This is,
0: this is a massive one the gaps in the lines. So let's start with as soon as we walk in. Okay. So you walk into the masjid. And let's say they're already lining up, this is a perfect start. That the lines are not completed properly. So, whether there are lines that have gaps in them, this is an issue. And sometimes you have lines that are full of people, but between the musalleen, there's spaces between their shoulders. And this is a, another issue. You know, how uh, do al You know, come shoulder to shoulder. So, when the Prophet told us, come shoulder to shoulder and then foot to foot. A lot of people, they sat opposite. They start foot to foot first. So if you, we're not going to do it now because we're sitting down, but if you get two people and you try and put them foot to foot first, then you find their shoulders are never going to touch. What needs to happen is they need to come shoulder to shoulder first and then automatically their feet will come in line, inshallah. So when you do line up, brothers and sisters, make sure you get shoulder to shoulder first and then feet to feet. And if you see any gaps, make sure those gaps are filled. Move forward, even if if you as you're praying and let's say the the jama'ah already started, and as they're praying, someone needed to go make wudu. Don't leave the gap in front of you. You're allowed to move in your salah, especially when it's for the benefit of the salah. So you take a step forward, two steps forward, whatever it may be, to fill up that gap, and it continues. Or the you know you got the middle of the imam, and there's a gap between you and the next person. Step over, even if it's in your salah, no issue. So that's uh, one of the main ones. Uh, Another big one that we see is uh, We're in Australia, but we still see a lot of the Grand Canyon And this is uh, problematic Uh, Brothers, especially, I don't know the sister section I'm guessing it's much better than the men's Brothers, please make sure your aura is covered Your shirt, your pants Make sure when you get to the Quran that nothing is seen Unfortunately, we see a lot of things that only your spouse should see. No one else. Only your spouse. Um, and it's not pretty. Either wear a longer shirt, wear a thob, wear, you know, the sarwil and that which is longer than the three-quarter one. Whatever you wear, make sure it's covering. And you know you're coming to the masjid, so make sure that, you know, do ruku or surdudah at home. Ask your spouse, ask your children, is anything showing? No? Okay, then go. If somehow your, your shirt was a little bit short or your pants maybe a little bit loose, then Alhamdulillah, every message pretty much has plenty of izars. Put one on. Put one on and make sure it's wrapped properly and then pray so that nothing shows. Because if you know your hour is showing and you leave it showing, that's your salah in becoming invalidated. You don't want that to happen. If it's an accident, it's a different story. But still, you should make sure you take the precautions that uh, ensure your salah is correct and you fulfill the conditions. Uh, that's another major one. Another big problem is After, when the Imam is given the Taslim, people like rushing also. Not just Taslim, any position. People like speeding with the Imam or trying to race the Imam. No. This is the song the Prophet warned against. Wait till the Imam is in the position, then follow. The Imam has been placed for you to follow, not for you to compete with. Allahu Akbar, when he's in Ruku'ah, go. When he comes from Ruku'ah, get up. When he gets into Sujood, go down. But a lot of people, they race, even with the Taslim. This is the different of opinion of when exactly you give the Taslim. But in general, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa, as-salamu wa Let him finish the attain Then you give the Taslim. There's no need to rush. Easiest way. There's no need so to someone, rush. Yeah. So make sure you're behind the Imam. You're following the Imam. Not ahead of the Imam or even competing with him. And with the Taslim, let him finish the Taslim. Then you give the Taslim. And the final one is after the third prayers, some people not doing the Athqarah at all. Either... You know, say, straight on their phone. There she goes. Straight on their phone. Or um, talking. Or getting up and praying sunnah, even. Wrong, wrong, wrong. After your fard prayers, there's your athqar that you say. And they are so rewarding. It's not funny. Yani you get so much reward in these three, four, five minutes that you take out to do the athqar. Many masajid have you know the, the posters there. Or the flyers there. You can read it off there. Or if you need, you know, off the fortress of the Muslim. Whatever it is, it's not hard. Do your adhkar, get the rewards, and then inshallah, azza wa jal, you will say all of that benefit of judgment. And then if you need a talk or pray sunnah or whatever, or look at your phone, you can do that after your adhkar, inshallah.
1: Barak al very good advice See, there. You haven't yeah. got any air condition issues in the message you've played? Uh, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. You have to win the guys and the ones who want to AC. The guys in between. Ones... Only,
0: in, only in Wollongong, where I, I'm always at, <laughs> there are, there's uh, some of the older gentlemen very nice. So they're there all year round, the Lomavetic, and all year round between me and them, it's a joke and it's a laugh about the air conditioning. Uh, alhamdulillah, I'm the kind of guy, as are many, that don't want it freezing, but it needs to be closer to cooler than than warmer. So whenever I walk in and he sees me straight away, put the air cons on. There's a a bit of a aji-baji, but all in good nature. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And uh, he says, like, it, we get annoyed. Some of the oldies they get annoyed, especially the ones with arthritis. I go, Hajj, I go, believe me, I know, and I wish it wasn't the case. I go, but I can't for five people turn off and annoy 200 people. I go, it becomes really problematic. And really, Yani, when it's too hot it's too warm, you don't enjoy your salah at all. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, we haven't had uh, that issue as in a real issue. The other places I've prayed, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, no issues.
1: So far so good. Alhamdulillah, bil alamin. Excellent. Let's get back to our main topic today, and that's building intestinal fortitude. Last week we had part one, and we spoke about um, what what instills in, the, in 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 a person, especially in our youth, um, intestinal fortitude is first and foremost the correct belief in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, being proactive, being active, enjoying the good, preventing the evil. We spoke about um, a mindset change knowing what Allah wants from us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and fitting our life to what Allah wants from us. And also we spoke about belief in, in Qadr wa Qadha, work hard, do your best, and rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and, and the way we react to what happens in our life is accordingly uh, to Islam. We are happy and patient with, with whatever happens in our life, uh, and we are happy with what Allah has decreed for us. And the third point, and where we finished off last week, Sheikh Nasim, mm-hmm. is good parenting. And we spend a lot of time on that, and that can't be, yes. it can never be
0: overstated. That's right. So that's why we actually spend a lot of time on good parenting. And
1: for those that haven't listened to it, please do go back and listen to it, inshallah. Part one is in the description on YouTube there, and in the in the bio, that, and, and in the description, uh, the, on the Facebook post there. It's right there. <laughs> Somewhere there. there. Click on You'll it. find it, inshallah. You'll find it, and you can watch it, inshallah. Inshallah. So
0: that can never be um, overstated. So please, brothers, sisters, especially parents, don't wait until it's too late let's work from now inshallah to get this down pat. Uh, we continue uh, with the other uh, points that we had and they are the ones that I've just jotted down one two three four five uh five of them and they, again they're not in any particular order uh the first one is accompanying uh, being around those that are older older than you so accompanying those that Older than you. So this is now for obviously mixed. You know, if you're a parent to try and get your children around children that are older than them in a good way. Children that are mature. Uh, And if you're an individual, especially if you know you're you're a teenager, for you to be around people that are older than you. Now we need to obviously mention and put an asterisk and a and a footnote that when we say people that are older than you, it's not people that are older than you in a bad way. Okay, they're you know in gangs or they're around drugs or they're around you know, talking and picking up the opposite agenda. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people that are mature, positive people that are yeah, productive, positive. These are people who have their life sorted. They're people that they've got a, a good uh, head on their shoulders, etc. These people, if you are around them, then inshallah, you're going to get a head start in life. So if you're 15, 16, 17, you're 20 years old, whatever it is, and you're around people that are older than you, you're going to learn so much. And this is one thing that we don't, unfortunately pay much heed to nowadays uh, life experience we've spoken about it ourselves so many times Um, you know the masha even those with life experience it's something that even if the knowledge was the same exactly the same the one who's got 10 20 years of life experience is going to be a way ahead of that person because he's already made those mistakes and he's going to be able to advise you the right way so if you are a young person my sincere advice is to build intentional fortitude is be with people that are older than you because they're going to teach you the ropes and you're going to learn shortcuts to how to be successful in life, inshallah. They've already made the mistakes. So when they speak, they're speaking with experience, they're speaking uh, out of being there and done that. So you learn from them and you don't hang around with people that are going to bring you down. So if you're a middle person and you hang out with those that have that intestinal fortitude because they're older, they've been there, they've done that, they're mature, They've, they were born in a different generation. These people inshallah are gonna bring you up. And you're gonna have to learn I can't be sensitive around these people. And he, my age is probably like the last generation before things started to get a little bit too soft. Uh as you would know, being a little bit older than myself, you know, you had to be tough when you were when you were younger. Otherwise there's no way you're gonna survive. You had to be tough because people as a as a joke would, would mock you. People as a joke would uh would make you know fun of of little things, not in, in a malicious way, but they will just say certain things. If you are soft, if you're a cookie, as they say, you're not going to be able to survive. You're going to go and I have them be like slit wrists and stuff. And this is not not what you want to do. You want to be someone who can take it. So people have to learn how to take it. And you find that those people that can take a joke, they can get over problems, they can talk things out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you hang around with people that are younger than you and it's acceptable to be soft, have no intestinal fortitude whatsoever, you hang around with those people, then you almost become a part of that accepting cult that no one's allowed to say anything that offends anyone. And everything has to be done according to how I like it. And if something doesn't like, if if I don't like something, I'm going to voice my opinion about it. Even if it's Islamically right, I'm going to voice my opinion about it. Or you think that you know best, whatever it may be, that becomes problematic because you get sucked into that. and You don't want to be that person. Now, you don't want to be around people who, as we spoke last week, you know they don't know what, what, they, what they want to do in life. They're not; they're like thirty years old. They're not ready for marriage. They um, are not good in their studies. They're, they're lazy when it comes to work. They are disrespectful when it comes to their parents. They're addicted to social media. You don't want to be around these people. You want to be people that are around people that have been there and done that. And hanging out with people that are older than you, productive role models, um, is a is an excellent start. How do you get to know these people? A lot of the time, in terms of what we know and our experiences, through the Masajid, if you're involved, be patient and be involved, and you will make these relationships. Inshallah, um, the more youth are there, the more the masheikh and the and the management of the Masajid can organize events for these people, and you will find the you know the fourteen-year-old and the fifteen-year-old being you know hanging around the twenty-year-olds and the twenty-one-year-olds. Who are under the the guardians, the guardianship of, and under the wing of, you know, the thirty year olds and the forty year olds? So it's like a, a perfect cycle because they're all coming up. So you're hanging out with people that are uh, like minded. You're both on the right path with the deen. You're around the mashayikh and the older brothers in the dawah who, Alhamdulillah, have been there, done that, and it's just positive and productive. So this is a, a great start for many people, inshallah. But just be patient. Don't come to the masjid the first day and say, "Oh, no one welcomed me with open arms and." And gave me salam and admitted to their private WhatsApp groups. No, take your time, be consistent, inshallah. they will come naturally, biddullah.
1: Yeah, the masjid is the center of the Muslim community, and that's one of the things the Prophet uh, established when he made the hijrah to Medina was the establishment of the masjid and the building of brotherhood ties between the Muhajirin and, and, and Ansar. And this sh- shows how the community should be, uh, f- and for, th- for that, uh, that will lead to the young taking the elders. Mm you know, as role models, as we see.
0: Even so many of, you know, so many of the good opportunities in life you find pop up in front through the message. And I know many, and I'm sure you know more, of brothers, for example, that are looking for a job. uh, And they, keep in mind, these are brothers that want to learn. Not brothers that are lazy, oh, brother, I'm looking for a job. No, they want to learn. So many of the young boys, okay, school's not working out for them for whatever reason, they want to start an apprenticeship. So they start an apprenticeship with someone Who's mature, responsible, productive, righteous. And Allah Bedik, that relationship, it not only becomes one of work, but that person becomes like a second father figure for the young for that young brother. And they help him throughout. Some brothers through these relationships they get married and they're given you know that, that good advice through life. Um some people even if they're going, you know, through uni and into a certain profession, sometimes there's someone around the masjid, he's in that profession, he guides them through. You know, so so many um, little changes and little pieces of advice can really assist a person, especially with their deen and iman and their character and their personality. Alhamdulillah because Alhamdulillah we're blessed to be around the message of Allah, may Allah make us sincere and firm in any crisis in goodness. Amen. Uh, we see it, you know, day in day out, brothers giving other young brothers advice that you'd never get if they were at home playing games. You're never going to get that if they're just hanging out with their mates, same age. They're never going to get that. But inshallah, these kids will grow up with that those life lessons. And inshallah, even if they don't implement it straight away, it's going to remain in, in their mind.
1: And they will know. Even when they do wrong, they'll know i wrong. Barakallah Sheikh Naseem for that excellent uh, piece of advice there. Uh, Where are we moving on to now? Knowledge. 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 Uh, regarding knowledge, subhanallah, one of the mashayikh who's
0: uh, in Sydney visiting from Egypt, Sheikh Saeed. We spoke about him on the program, yeah, the uh, I think, a fortnight ago. Allahumma barik he was talking about knowledge and the etiquettes of knowledge and seeking knowledge, etc. And he was talking about one of the benefits of knowledge, and that's the strength that it gives a person. So he gave the an example of that with the story of Sulaiman alayhi salam and the hudhud, the bird. When Sulaiman alayhi salam said, you know, where's the this bird? I can't see it. Either I'm going to kill it, slaughter it, or he better come with a really strong authority. He better come with something really good as an excuse of, why he's not here. So when the Hutu came, which is a small bird, with Salmane Ali salam, who Allah Azzawajal gave him control over the jinn and the human beings and the like, when it came, you'd expect it to be like this little humble, you know, please don't kill me, type of uh, creature in nature. But he said, I've come with something that you don't know. That knowledge gave him the ability, this bird, to stand up, to Salman Alayhi Salam, who's you know, the king of the dunya at that time. I've come with authority that you don't have. I've come with knowledge that you don't have. I know something about Sabah that you don't know. And it gave him the ability to have that strength. And subhanAllah, knowledge, when they say you know knowledge is power, it is in the sense that it teaches you how to be. So if you're a young man, you're a young woman, and you want to build that intestinal fortitude, Learn. Learn your din and learn matters that are beneficial even in dunya. Learn what's right and what's wrong. Learn how people are. Learn the nature of human beings. Learn how to deal with people. Learn about history. Learn all of these things because the more you learn, the more you understand how to be. You understand how to be as an individual. You understand how other people are. And you understand how societies work. And when you understand that life is not perfect, Habib Al-Qal, life is not... Uh, this dunya is not Jannah. You understand? Osman tell us that we human beings have been created in you know, in hardship. You understand? You know the hadith of the Prophet Whoever is whoever deals with the patient and is whoever deals with the people and is patient with their harm is better than the one who doesn't. You understand that this is how it works. You understand that the prophets were shepherds so that they could learn how to treat and look after their flock before they became prophets and look after human beings. When you learn all of these things. When you learn about stories where sometimes even the companions of the Prophet Wasallam upset Rasulullah Wasallam. Sometimes you would want them to do something but they wouldn't be receptive straight away. So you don't get cut. Like you learn all of these things. So when you get out and you try and give someone advice and doesn't take their advice, it's not like, oh, these people are all shayateen and they don't listen to me. No. Sometimes even the Prophet Wasallam's uh, companions needed extra encouragement. So that you, you're not surprised. You're not surprised. Um, and
1: knowledge helps with so
0: much. It helps with so much it's understanding light. that reality. It's, it's, light. Light. it's
1: like you're in a dark mm-hmm. road with no lights on. You can't see. Once you get that knowledge, sincere knowledge, and and Allah gives you understanding, which is a blessing. Whoever Allah wants good for, as the hadith mentions, it gives him understanding of the religion. He lights the way for you.
0: And that's what they say in Arabic, Al Al Munur. And knowledge, knowledge is light. And this is 100% correct. And I, I remind and I stress, even though I said it, but I stress, knowledge of deen and knowledge of even beneficial dunya matters. Learn how they both work. Because If you focus on one without the other, you're going to fall into problems. You need to make sure you understand deen. You need to understand deen because if you try to understand dunya by itself, you're not going to have guidelines of what's right and wrong. You need to understand the deen to know what's right and wrong and how it came. And you need to understand beneficial dunya matters because the deen did did not come to go against our nature. The deen came in line with our nature. So sometimes you just learn Psychologically or soci- sociologically. Nice. Uh, what, <laughs> alhamdulillah, what is a, a good way to communicate. Now you learn it through the sunnah of the Prophet wasalam, But unfortunately we don't have many that have gone through and filtered it the way it should be filtered. And placed it in dot points. You know the research unfortunately. Inshallah Rabb, it happens in the near future. And, and,
1: and it's not available a lot of especially the in English, in English. In English yeah. yes. But unfortunately, in Arabic, 100%. 100%. scholars have done a lot of good work in these fields, especially yes, the big commentaries. But, you know, how much really, of it is taught yeah. in the
0: English? Unfortunately, it's not. Yes, excellent point, khair. Yeah. Okay. So
1: you,
0: when you learn it and you come to it, you're you're a different person. Even when you talk about when I say uh, beneficial, you know, worldly knowledge, even things about geography, for example, just the fact that you can. Have conversations, you know. You meet someone new in the masjid and you're like, what do I talk to them about? Okay, says, As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa MashaAllah, you know, your name, where you're from. I'm from Sri Lanka. Oh, mashaAllah, you're from Sri Lanka. I didn't know that Sri Lanka was, you know, an island down the bottom of uh, Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia, oh, this guy's got no idea about geography. Of India, right? And it's just, yeah, mashaAllah, it's a very nice place. And you talk about the climate there. It's you just,
1: you you just Sri Lanka. talk. So- you, you know, oh, one of it? my first jobs, I worked with some Sri Lankans. I think. <laughs> and the m- most common talking point was one thing. What's that? You know, remember the 90s, what was popular? The cricket? The cricket. Yeah. I was Sri Lanka n- no, I've never used, cricket used to now. come out uh, here and play the one-day cricket and the test matches. I only know Pakistan because of Wasim Akram. They're cricket mad. Sri Lankans love their cricket. So that's a talking point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, right you, you
0: just have that and you can conversate. Yeah. But now, like, throw a... Throw uh, an average 16, 17, 18-year-old in front of another person and they don't know what to say.
1: Most of them don't have, uh, a lot of Uh, them don't have good social skills. And a lot
0: of that is because of their lack of knowledge. Like he'll tell you, what am I going to speak about? They'll actually tell you, what do I speak about with this person? I don't know what to talk about. If you know certain things like about economics, it's just, heck, it's just conversation. You know, the only thing I know from economics pretty much is what I studied in year 11. But I loved it. I loved economics. So sometimes, you know, you, you talk to someone who's studying economics at university or whatever it may be. It is a talking point, you know, elasticity and something which is non-elastic and all of these types of things. You lost me there. And, you know, supply and demand and the bigger the risk, the bigger oh, the return. Supply and you demand, talk yeah. you talk about all of these things, even like just heck as a in conversation and the person has more of a connection with you. You know, even certain things about communication, like and manipulation in a good way, because manipulation is only bad if you use it for bad. But subhanAllah, uh, there was one thing that someone was talking about in one of the books, and even you know, emulating what the other person's doing. So, see how you're holding a pen if I was to hold a pen that without you realizing makes you more comfortable with me, I'm doing what you're doing. If you tap twice. I tap twice, for example.
1: Okay. So That's it's like a pin.
0: <laughs> it's just parts of communication. In terms of communication, so let's say your bottle, a long, very big bottle, there you go. is in, in. I've got a bottle. Yep. In between us, just doing this, automates automatically makes the lot of communication more open and you more relaxed with me. Whereas this, even though it's not a physical barrier between us, but it's just something there that creates that little bit of uh, barrier and obstacle between us, which doesn't make your heart connect to my heart as much. So by me simply moving it like this, now everything is clearer. It's open between us.
1: And uh, what I just remembered of now uh, regarding the seerah and uh, this point that you made, knowledge and communicating with people, is uh, when the Prophet ﷺ used to take Abu Bakr with him, because as we know, Abu Bakr was a specialist, in the arab family history knowing where this tribe is from and that tribe is from and they would go there to give them dawad the various tribes Al Bakr would start talking to them about their tribes and their backgrounds and where they are end and that would get the conversation
0: mm-hmm. going and the prophet sallallahu wa was an mm-hmm. expert when it came to communication that's right an expert how he would speak and how he would teach many of the companions when the prophet told us they would say we've never had a teacher or seen a teacher like no. rasulullah sallallahu because he knew how to deal with different people and this is a specialty. But if you don't do with anyone, you will never know. How do you know how dealing with people? We ha- we said the first one is you hang out with people that are older than you, teach you that life experience and that knowledge. It's it's fulfilling. And you become confident. Like in your own abilities, when you have knowledge, you know what to do and how to do it. Accompany that with people that have life experience, you've got a head start in life. But if we're never reading, we're never at lessons, we're never doing anything, how do you have the confidence ever to talk about anything or be anyone you know and that and that shows in the lack of strength and confidence in our youth again 15 16 17 18 19 year olds 20 year olds 21 year olds and he's like you know he's quiet and humble is one thing to lack confidence is another one to lack social skills is another one can't talk can't have a conversation has no idea what you're talking about no. problematic and uh,
1: we won't we uh, talk too much about this but obviously as well knowledge when it comes to Islamic sciences uh, Islamic knowledge should be taken from its men and that can be linked to the first uh, first point as well to take it from the seniors uh, the senior mashiach uh, the scholars if they're accessible to you the, sh- the senior students of knowledge and so on and so forth because uh, this is how our religion was passed down through men 100% uh, Point three Bismillah
0: Experience yourself. So there was you being around people that are older than you. So they have those life skills, that life experience, that maturity that you you can emulate. Now your own experience. Get out there and do things. Your own experience. The more you do in life, we're talking about halal things obviously. The more you do in life, the more confident you're going to be as an individual. So if you have never got on a footy field. Go get on a footy field. Go you put your footy boots on, buy footy, footy boots, get a tee, get a ball, put it in front of the goal, and kick a goal. I'd love to. We've got to get it on the park. It's been years. During the lockdown, Alhamdulillah, I actually got uh, yeah, a Ninja? few sessions in, and it was good. My I'll take my kids to you the park. video, didn't you? Yes, there was <laughs> over, over 40 metres out kicking a field goal. It's and it's, I got video evidence. Did you pull a A hammy after it? Alhamdulillah, I didn't. Alhamdulillah, I didn't. One of the days I did roll an ankle. (laughs) One of the days I did roll an ankle and I
1: said. Better than breaking, fracturing three ribs. But anyway, that's another
0: story. (laughs) We're getting a little bit older. Allah Alaihi Wasallam. Alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbi. Amen. Get out and just see how it feels. You know, is you just knowing now, okay, that's how it's like to kick a ball. And that's what it feels like to kick. And it's an achievement, you know. You take start taking it out to the sideline. You, you tie it up. You get the bit of grass. You drop it. See how the air's going. You 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 start to achieve something. Okay, that's an experience. Sure, that took one day. Go for a drive. You know, go three hours away. Pick a random area. Pick a random area on your phone. Uh, go to your Google Maps. You know, zoom out a little bit. Pick a random area. You two, three, four friends. Go for a nice drive. Go have lunch there. Go to a, a you know if it's halal, get like a nice halal beach there. Uh, go and just go and pick a masjid, you know, like Bathurst, for example. Pray there. Pray Duhar and Asr there. Go to Wollongong. Go, go to Ahlam more than welcome to come to Wollongong. You know, you go, you experience that and it just adds to your confidence. Like I've been there, I've done that and it's something to do. It's an alternative to sitting on my phone. Go horse riding. Go learn how to ride horses. I'm talking about a lot of the things that I like doing So that's what's coming to when's mind When was the
1: last time you went horse riding? Just before Ramadan Like full
0: riding or trotting they call it Okay so I'm still not at the level where my confidence is I'm going to go for going for a trot, a trot or a gallop Definitely not yet. Gallop uh, There's uh, walking There's trotting There's, uh, there's a th- SubhanAllah I got. I got the third there's, a, there's, a, there's a water, third one. Uh, trotting, I think. There's a third one, and then there's the galloping. What's the third one called? Of, gay Forgot what it is now. Maybe someone can remind us. Inshallah. Yes. Uh, go, go horse riding. You know, even if you have to pay a bit of money, no issue. Go, and again, all of these are for yourself. If you're a little bit older, you're a bit of in you know, a teenager or young adult, or even your children. Go horse riding. It's it's actually like Anjad. It's really nice. You're on a horse. This is a, it looks so easy. When you're on there, it's a different story. You know, when you're on there, it's a different story. When it starts to to go on a bit of a trot, you're like, okay, well, this is uh, a lot more a force than I thought. It's a lot faster than I thought. It's a lot higher than I thought. If for certain brothers, Mashallah, they go hiking, they go camping, go, go fishing, go do things. You know, animals. Go and uh, go and find. For people that are hunters, go hunting. Go get your gun license. It's legal. Okay, it's legal. Go get your gun license. Go hunting. Go do things where you are going to experience different things in life. Um, we're going to speak about travel. That's a, that's a big one. But go do whatever you can. This is something that in previous times, they've they done it naturally. Yeah, and if you look at the Prophet ﷺ, from when they're born at a very young age, they're given to Bedouins to okay, go live on the outskirts. People that are traveling, up, people that language. are learning the language, people that are teaching them life. They come back, you know, back, uh, back, it. back home, and they're like already men. They already know life. They understand life because from a young age they've experienced all of these things. You know, even like the udhiyah, like you know slaughtering, uh, you know the sacrificial animal on Eid Al-Adha, you go and give a 30-year-old these days a blade and say, okay, Bismillah, we're going to slaughter. He's like, listen, bro, I'll pay someone, but I am not doing that with my hand. This is a big sunnah, a big, massive sunnah. I remember the first time i done it, it was, it's empowering. There's something about it that I've just done something new. I've gone out of my comfort zone because most of us, yeah, and he, unfortunately, I've seen some blokes, Wallah, they're scared to step on a cockroach. Some guys I know, they said, if it wasn't for being embarrassed from my wife, I, I wouldn't even step on the cockroach. Toughen up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> he sprays the, you know, the motain <laughs> from like seven kilometers away. You know, it's it's pretty bad. So to say, okay, let's go slaughter a sheep or a goat. He says like, what do you mean slaughter a sheep or a goat? No way. There's, there, it's it's not just the slaughter, it's the experience. The smells that you smell Even when you see Like okay After it's done And then they they, uh, Skin it It's different The whole experience Is different And so um, Get whatever experiences You can As long as it's halal Go and experience Because Those experiences Are going to make you And When we talk about Conversating Because conversating Communicating Is a big part Of building yourself The more experiences You have The more you can Communicate with people If I can come and, And you know you work in a certain area, you know, you're new to the masjid or you're passing by the masjid and I speak to you and you oh you know, or you work in Bethesda Oh subhanallah, you know, I went there, mashallah al Sahaba. Um I met you know this brother, you know the brother? Oh yes I know that brother and you just you click and you have a whole conversation simply because of one experience that you had. How does that help you with your communication skills? Unbelievably your communications, how do they help you with your confidence as an individual? Unbelievably. When you're confident, you can communicate. How does that help you in society? Unimaginably. So all of it is linked to each other. But a person needs to have it. And if you don't have it, if, a, if I'm going to talk to someone, i got no knowledge, i am I got no maturity, i got no experiences, what am I going to talk to them about? Oh, did you watch that TikTok? Yeah, wallah, I've seen it as well. And that's it. He's seen that meme, you hear, oh Allah, that was a hectic meme. But then, after that, what happens? You don't have any experiences in life. You're, you, you're not happy with yourself. and You go out and you talk and you can communicate. And a lot of that goes back to your experiences in life. And the things that you learn along the way, you know, something didn't go to plan. How, how do you fix that? We got lost. How do we fix that? We met this individual who was a little bit unruly. How, how did we deal with him? We met that person who was amazing. What do we? What do we? You know, what do we do? It's just you're building the experience, and the more you build of it, the the better you become as an individual. The more you can do with others, and the more you're dealing, the stronger you are. The more confident you are, the more fortified your intestines are. <laughs> oh, moving on to the fourth point: <laughs> traveling. Traveling is part of that experience. Traveling is part of that experience, but it's Something, like it's like experience on steroids, okay? And more than steroids. When you travel, this is a completely... You don't condone steroids. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows. (laughs) This is metaphorically. When you travel, this is, you're out of your comfort zone. From the airport experience to the aeroplane experience to the landing in the other country's experience to living in the other country. Um, I know myself before Egypt and after before Egypt I'd never got in an aeroplane I, I yeah I'd never travelled
1: outside of Australia or even interstate I don't believe we've done a whole series on that for those who would like yeah. to review how we spoke about memorable experiences whilst uh, seeking knowledge I yeah. think it was like seven or eight parts Yeah, and that's was, like brief uh, good, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know what we're All doing I had on never YouTube, left the airport there, you know? so
0: it was for me it was amazing right I was vomiting on the plane and everything but It was just, it was an experience. When I was in Egypt and dealing with the people, it was an experience. The issues that you and I went through and the brothers went through, it was an experience. 100%. The brothers that we met, the mashayikh that we met, it was an experience. The food that we ate, it was an experience. The hospital that we visited, all of these were experiences. So the experiences, but again, on those halal steroids, so it's out of your comfort zone, you're really being built you're really being built overseas even when you come back not only do you have all of these beautiful things to talk about with everyone else and you can have those conversations but you've learned so much how to be and you understand you start to understand the world in a in a different way you start to understand certain people do this certain thing for that certain reason now i understand especially we're living in australia now i understand that culture i understand this group of people i understand these people were brought up like this for this particular reason once you start to understand all of that, it builds you as a person. And you see it all the time someone who Alwan is well traveled. He goes and he speaks to he can speak any any to anyone anywhere. You can put him in the best hotel or the worst hotel, he's fine. You can put him with you know, an Asian, an Arab, an African, he's fine. You can uh, you can put him with a stranger he's never met, he's fine. You can you know his car battery could break down. Uh, sorry, his car could run out of battery. His phone not have reception. He'll be fine, inshallah. Why? Because they understand how to get things done. They understand how to move along. It's different. You know, even one of the things that Amr uh, spoke about regarding knowing someone was traveling with them. When you travel with someone, it's a different story. The ex- issues that you have with each other, being in each other's face 24-7, the good times, the bad times, it's different. So when you travel, go and travel and I advise everyone to go and travel, especially for you know, Islamic reasons like going Hajj, going Umrah, seeking knowledge, uh going back to you know, your, your countries of origin or the countries of your parents, uh, going to Muslim, different Muslim countries and just seeing that man, this is beautiful. You know this seeing how Islam is implemented to a big degree in many countries, obviously not hundred
1: percent, but to a big degree in in many countries, it's It's different. It's nice. It's amazing. And as we know, there's the famous uh, poem, which is attributed to Imam Shafi, where he says, um, speaking about the benefits of traveling, he says, Leave your country in search of loftiness and travel. For in travel, there are five benefits. Relief of adversity and earning of livelihood, and knowledge and etiquettes and noble companionship. If it is said that traveling brings humiliation and difficulty, and long journeys across deserts and toil and trouble then death is better for a person than him remaining in humiliating then death is better for a person than him remaining in a humiliating land between traitors and enviers that's a bit heavy isn't it
0: and it's true and it's still true until today and you can sit and just stay how you are or you can go and an experience things. Yeah. you can go and experience things just going and and eating different foods and seeing different people, and you know, when you go to, alhamdulillah, I've been blessed to go to uh, you know a few countries now, and going and just seeing the pros and cons of Egypt, as you know, opposed to the pros and cons of Saudi, as opposed to the pros and cons of Malaysia, as opposed to the pros and cons of New Zealand, of you know Indonesia, etc. They're all different. Every single one of these countries is different, and there are certain things in Malaysia. That
1: you would take all day, every day, Almabedik. That you would, can never have in Egypt. Traveling is, is 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 funny because you know one of the things when you travel is is um is you have something in your mind and when you get there it's different. It's like like different. When you go to Egypt, you're thinking you know pyramids and camels and, and sphinx sand and camels and, and sand. I a one guy. He actually, uh, when we were younger, he came over from New Zealand. He actually fought koalas in every tree and kangaroos <laughs> in the streets. So when he came here, he was. <laughs> He was a bit taken back and we had the same when we went overseas. And how I, I don't know why I thought I was live in a
0: tent. I had no idea why. I knew where I was living before I was. Before I went to Egypt. You know, my apartment was already organized, alhamdulillah. So, I don't know why I still had this idea that I'm going to be living in a tent and my teacher's going to be some old man wearing a robe and a waistband and he's going to have an old dusty book. I don't know why I had that. That, that understanding and when i got there i guarantee you it was extr- very 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 different than yes, that in egypt somewhere it's just it's just you know, nice you know, it's, just, the- it's just different and you learn from that and um you know the other day when sheikh saeed was here and we were sitting with some of them, sheikh Khalid and some of the sheikh here and we were just talking about uh airport experiences it, oh. the topic just came up and you know sheikh Sa'id just asked me he goes how was your experience in Egypt? Like when you first got there. So I had like a fifteen-minute story to tell. This is all part of the conversation. You know what I mean? It's just you want to be stronger. You want to be a better person. You need certain ingredients to make you like that. Otherwise, you just what are you going to be made of for you to have that intestinal fortitude for you to be that strong person? And I advise everyone, even people, Yanni, young guys, especially if you've got good companions to go with. Go and experience it. It's you know it's nice, and you're learning so much about the world, and that's going to help you. Inshallah, be a person, be a stronger person, be a better person, be a more social person, be a, a person who can get through adversities in different times. I remember in you know, times of crying in Egypt, you know, because especially the first three months when I was there by myself, and I think we spoke about that that like there was no one, and I didn't understand them, and they didn't understand me. It was it there was difficulty in it. But Alhamdulillah, when you get over it, with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person you become on the other side is a completely different person. hundred percent. I remember I made the mistake of, you know, going to an apartment that I wanted to get close to, you know, Masjid Bilal. So I wanted to move to an apartment, but I made made the mistake of going to that apartment. So I remember, you know, calling my mum back home and saying, and she knew like straight away something's not right. So I think I slept like one night in there and then I moved back to the old apartment. But it was an experience. It was a very, very, very ugly experience, but you know, you learn from that. It's just it's just something that you learn that inshallah will stay as a memory forever. But it's not just a memory. It's it's a, become a part of you now and the person that you are. So you're stronger and you're better for it at the end of it. Um and whether again whether it's Egypt, you know, go so much about Egypt or any other country that you go and you visit and you do yes w- with it, you're especially you're um,
1: traveling for Hajj or Umrah, which is the best type of travel. Uh, traveling f- for the sake of seeking knowledge, traveling to go back to the Muslim lands we originally from. If if you originate from a Muslim land, especially those who are from Bilad al-Sham, massive history, <laughs> brothers from in Turkey, in in Turkey even you know Turkey, uh, Egypt. You know, there's so much, uh, so much, so much things you can learn there if you have the right intention. And and I underline the word here, I highlight the word intention when you're going there. What are you going for? You know, don't, you know, just want to go experience a, a kebab or a mansaf or a Lebanese mm-hmm. barbecue. Like, you know, have high aspirations and goals, you know. And one of the best things you can learn if you're from a village or from a specific part of town and you have some elders there that, you know, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, benefit from them. You know, sit there, ask them about your family. Ask them how, how it was back in the day, how Islam was, how Islam was back then, how it is now, who they knew, you know, and you'll benefit so much. And it, then you can pass that on to your generation, your kids and their, their kids, and bi ta'ala. Two things on this.
0: Number one, you know, just you said, speak to people that are older. Uh, there was one brother, this was related to horses, there was one brother I was w- with him yesterday, and I was talking about how he calls him his grandfather. he's not his grandfather, but he was a person that helped raise his father so he just looks at him as a grandfather so he goes he calls him my grandfather because uh, we're at a place where those horses and he says he knew just by looking at a horse who the father and the mother of the horse was was just by looking at a horse he was like you know, in his 80s or something like that. And so he's from he grew up with horses. So his whole life he's just been working with horses. And even um putting like the horseshoe on, he didn't have to just he'll just look and he'll be able to mend the horseshoe according to the need of that horse. Just, you know, a simple glance. You know, if you're overseas and you get to experience something like that, you'll never find that today. You you'll probably find out of seven billion, maybe there's like three people like that today. You know, I'm sure there's more. Again, hyperbole, relax. Uh, but you you don't get that. People that talk you through the history of how this was and how this was. not Even sitting with my father and just talking about how this was and how that was and who this person was and how that person was. And it's like amazing stories. Right, But when you go there and you experience and you live it and you see it, it's something different. It's something very, very, very special. And uh, regarding uh, traveling, one of the types of travel that you can also do is, you know, with the charities. A lot of charities that do go overseas sometimes you want to go and say, listen, I'll pay for my own ticket. I don't need you guys to pay for me. But is there any chance that I can go and just experience some of the work that happens? And this is another thing that you go, especially as a young person who doesn't understand the blessings because all you've grown up with your whole life is just luxury. When you go overseas and you start to see, man, this is a dad who actually cannot afford Zatar Manoush for him and his family. There's actual people like that. And I'm complaining that my mum made, you know, Bamiya today, or she made fusoliye, and I'm like, I want to throw the pot at the wall and how dare she make that. Or I spend ninety percent of my pay on eating out and five hundred dollar steaks and eating at ten thousand dollar restaurants and I'm not joking when I say that. Ten thousand dollar restaurants and
1: what the heck? When you guys see that, your life changes. You mentioned two of my most favorite foods there, so can yeah. see What's going on there, man? <laughs>
0: I want to roll to it You
1: remember the trolleys in Egypt, the bamyah trolleys, bamyah, bamyah, bamyah?
0: No, I, I don't you remember those there? ones. I only think about the um, the prickly pick,
1: pears. Oh yeah, <laughs> the prickly no, pears in, in, in the in, corn. In the, hayyeth, the sweet uh, potato. You know, we lived in, as you know, Medina al-Nas, Hayy al-Hayy I think it was. And there's trolleys, and you, you know, when we first got there, there's guys screaming out, bamyah, 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 bamyah. Bamya. When you're
0: and they were bigger, the bigger ones, the bigger yeah, yes, right. You don't know yes, what's yes, going yes, on, yes, what's
1: happening here. And they're actually calling out for you to come out. Yeah. That's how they yeah. call out. And then you got the pot sellers, not the pot, <laughs> the, <laughs> the cooking pots. Yeah, the cooking. <laughs> the cooking pots, the aluminium pots. There, they, they hit the pots on the on the back there with their spoons, and they where to come out and buy in in the yeah. trays. There. It comes delivery. Yeah. There's a again. It's, it's yeah. nice.
0: It's nice. You you have something to talk about, and because you've learnt it. It may
1: affect you in a beneficial way
0: And you're able to
1: live with that For the rest of your life Inshallah And it makes you a special type of person So and, and listen Travelling as well Allows you to, to appreciate what you have If you go to You know you mentioned the charity You go and, and see I remember when I first went to Lebanon um, Like after, after a long time when I, when I got married And went to Hajj And went to Lebanon for a week And I saw how some people were living That really really affected me When I came back to my Two bedroom flat in Lakemba back in the day where you know you think you're doing it tough you're not doing it tough you're living in super mm-hmm. uh, super five star it's not even five star compared to how some people were living and you need that reminder 100%. and seeing's not like Appreciate. hearing seeing's
0: not like hearing you hear these stories all the time you know even when you're younger you know your your parents told you you know you know there's children in this continent or children in that country they're doing it tough you hear you could hear it all day and for a very, you know, select, special, blessed few, it resonates. But when you see it, it affects everyone. You, you're you not human if you see it and you and you don't get affected by it.
1: And this is what the Prophet teaches us okay. as well. So to appreciate the blessings. Don't look at those who have more than you. Look at those yeah. who are, 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 less, are less less blessed than you, less yeah. fortunate than you. So you can appreciate it. And we do the exact we're opposite to today. 100%. We've
0: spoken again so many times on previous programs where, you know, you're sitting there looking at your Instagram, you're looking at this and you're looking at that, about people that are living it up, you know, living and and buying the most ridiculous things. And you're like, I want to be like that. I want to work for that. I want to do this. I want to do that. But sometimes, not sometimes, you need to do what the Prophet ﷺ advised, yeah, because which is not to in- look at those below you so that you don't belittle the blessings that Allah's given you. Become ungrateful. You to, you to, some, you to someone else are like the the top of the food chain. Kid, they they basically. will they will do whatever they could if they could be not in your shoes, live half the life that we live.
1: And that's that's a big, very big, big thing. So we should follow. always thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say Alhamdulillah, thank Allah for his blessings and you know thank Allah for these blessings by obeying him. This is how you show appreciation for these blessings, uh these blessings that Allah has given you by obeying him. Sheikh Naseem, we've mentioned four. Do we have a fifth one?
0: We have a fifth one. This is the last one. So we mentioned Accompanying or being in the company of those that are older than you. Make them your, your friends. Knowledge, experiences, traveling. The last one, which is one of my favorite ones, learn how to fight. Oh, here we go. Learn how to fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that metaphorical or uh, literal?
0: <laughs> Literally. Literally. Go learn how to swing them. <laughs>
1: we don't condone violence. This is, not about, this, this is not
0: about bashing people. No, no. It's not about abusing people. I know what you mean. But this is about building you and in your character and you as a person, you and your self- Self defense is a better way. You know that I can I can defend myself inshallah. Even if the person's bigger than me, even if I'm outnumbered, I can do a little bit of damage. I can look after myself to the best of my ability. 100%. When you are walking around, not arrogantly, no. but you know, okay, the if something happens, I, I can I can you know throw fists as they say. I can look after myself. It doesn't mean I'm going to win any, every fight, but at least I'm not going to be, you know, there's a few words that we don't want to say. I'm not going to be, you know, coward that I'm I'm scared that, oh, someone looked at me wrong. Oh, I better turn away and I, I better never go, you know, on that road again. No, you're able to be confident. You're able to, metaphorically, walk with my, my chest out and my head up high and walk. You know, when we spoke last week about, you know, you want that, Islam wants that strong Muslim that can look after himself, look after his family, look after the believers, protect the weak, protect the oppressed, help raise people up, et cetera. it, you we know, when you speak about, you know, standing up to bullies, you can't do that if you think that <laughs> if the guy for the point, I'm going to throw one like that. No, you're going to, you need to feel that if something wants to happen, I can fight. And again, this is something that in previous times, it was part of the process. It was part of being a kid growing up. You knew how to use a sword. You knew how to use a shield. You knew how to ride a horse. These things were were common, so you had men previous times. Now we don't have anything, so we need to go through and program all of these uh, these people ourselves, whether they're children or it comes to ourselves. We need to be programmed again. We need to install all the programs again that used to come, you know, naturally. We need to put them all in. Part of that is knowing how to fight. You know, you get especially with certain martial arts like jujitsu or wrestling. You get a guy who in previous times. Would never have any chance against anybody. Now, because you know he's really strong, really good at jujitsu or or wrestling, Allahumma you know, you get a, a big guy, this little like spider monkey, because underneath his legs, up his back, and and puts the guy out. That gives a person confidence, even if you're not the most physically built guy. You know, and if you're uh, a person again who has that about you. You're able to be strong and confident in, in places. And as
1: as you know, we've discussed this before. And you know, we have rugby league backgrounds. But now, Alhamdulillah, over the last few years, we've been, you know, involved with some some of the brothers who run gyms, and I have my children, you know, training at some of these gyms, and it's the best thing I've done. Shout out to Volks Jiu Jitsu VJA there, and also EFF Sefton. Excellent, they have programs for our youth, and they do concentrate a lot on discipline and Islamic manners and etiquettes. You know, no one's perfect, but the programs they run there are very, very good, and I and I encourage the brothers. They're from the ones that I know. There's others out there as well. You, you can probably mention a few. That They're doing good there, and this is instilling bravery into our children, confidence, discipline, and this is what we want in our children. You know, they they pray together. They learn certain martial arts, and, and they know how to defend themselves. This is what we really want, self-defense, confidence, discipline, bravery, uh and this is this this is Alhamdulillah being offered at uh, some of the these places mm-hmm. and this yeah. is what we really, really need to instill in our, our children.
0: And if your person's putting his children in these programmes, again, there needs to be a big focus on discipline and 100%. you as a parent, don't turn your son into a Tawgut. Don't turn your son uh, into a, a, a Faraon where yeah, yeah, where you want him to go and bash that's not what it's about. It's about your son being able to hold his own and able to help others if if it uh, was ever needed. Right? Um again, you mentioned some there are many other, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, gyms uh, that are run by brothers. Again, they're not perfect, but it's much better than other environments. Um, we don't support anyone who has uh, fighters that are you know, fighting where they're hitting other people in the face. This is not what we support. But in terms of the program and, and getting that benefit, alhamdulillah, there are a lot of gyms that are really doing uh, really good jobs, whether it's you know, taekwondo, muay thai, boxing, wrestling. Uh, wrestling. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes mixed masha'ats all together. And when your children are there, it, there's a, again, there's a certain type of confidence that that person builds, that they have that strength, they have that ability, that they know when you're walking down the street, like Qadr, if something wants to happen, I know I can hold my own, or at least I can give myself the best possible chance, inshallah, azza wa jal, to be able to uh, get rid of this guy that's in front of me, trying to cause me harm. And when you talk about strong Muslims, especially in the men, especially, not limited to, but especially in the men, we talk about strong Muslims, this is a key ingredient. Because there's only so far, you and I know, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. There's only so far, you know, being a keyboard warrior is going to get you. There are certain people who when they're behind the screen because it's fake, they're like a, you know, like a Batman, they're in their costume. MashaAllah, these guys are like, you know, flying to the moon and back in confidence. But when you see them in person, it's like, you know, inshallah Like, you can't even hear what they're saying. Part of that is because they know you can't hold your own. Don't bother. Don't try. Let it go. But go back behind the screen again, and the guy, you know, became a Superman. You don't want that to happen in our youth, nor do you want it to happen in yourself. You want to be confident. You want to be upright. You want to be disciplined. And you want to be, you know, that you can hold your own, whether it's uh, dealing with a person or, again, it's helping out someone else that needs to be helped. So all of these things, inshallah, azza wa jal, as if they're rightly guided, Islamically, you know, whether it's the being with in an older crowd, your experiences, your travel, your knowledge, um, having that physical strength, all of these together, inshallah, azza wa jal, plus many, many, many more. These are just the ones that we're focusing on tonight. And uh, you know what we spoke about um, last week about learning and truly believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala learning and truly uh, believing and submitting to the Qadr and the Qadr and, and going about it the right way and good parenting. All of these, inshallah, azza wa jal, are going to build a strong Muslim if a person's raising children, inshallah. Or, excuse me, if a person is at that age themselves, they are going to build a stronger personality, inshallah. And they together are going to give you this intestinal fortitude. And as we mentioned last week, the reason we want that intestinal fortitude is so that you can live your life productively and positively, not only for yourself, but yourself, your family, the community, and the Ummah at whole inshallah That's what we want. We don't just want this one person who Allah can pray Qiyam al-Layl, but besides that, there is no benefit at all. We want him to pray Qiyam al-Layl insha'Allah. We want him to memorize the Quran, but we also want him to be a person who works, Want to be a person who gets married, wanting to be a person who raises children, Inshallah. want him to be a person who gives sadaqa, who helps the poor, who helps the oppressed, who stands up for the right, who supports in Dawah. These are the people that we want. These are the people that Islam wants. And these are the people who the Prophet told us are better than the weak ones. The stronger believer is better than the uh, and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. And in both of them there's goodness. But we want to try and aim for. That's one Believer.
1: Barakallahu Shaykh Nasim. I'd like to thank you for being with us uh, tonight. I'd also, I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Uh, don't forget, Al Bayan Radio will be on 107.9 FM from this Friday. Uh, so, please spread the word. Barakallahu And until next time, Assalamu Alaikum wa Wabarakatuh.
0: This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah.